This is Anshu Bahanda on Wellness Curated. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. My mission is to empower you with health and wellness so that you can then go and empower others. Today we have Monisha Mehtani. She is a nutritional therapist specializing in digestive wellness, immunity, weight loss, anti-aging, and skin nutrition. She helps clients in today's busy world to find a balance between minimum effort and maximum results. And that's the sort of person I like. She has an international clientele for personalized nutrition and workplace wellness. Monisha is based in London and she's a member of the Naturopathic Nutrition Association. She's registered with the General Naturopathic Council and Complementary and Natural Healthcare Council. She's also the founder of a skincare brand, and that's what I thought was so interesting, a nutritionist who specializes in skincare. Here's one of the gems we've learned about in this chat. I think using sun protection is really, really important because 80% of our skin uh, is damaged at a very sort of young age, you know, by your 20s, because UVAs can penetrate very deeply into that second layer. I think sometimes we should think of it as day protection rather than sun protection. So it's daytime, you put on your sun protection. So Monisha, tell me, what is wellness to you? So I think wellness to me is um, having that balance between sort of physical health, mental health, emotional health, building on sort of healthy habits consistently and adapting to our environment. So we, we have to constantly adapt to our environment and, you know, whatever we're facing in life, whether it's emotional, mental, physical. And I think that's what real wellness is, having that ability to adapt to those different changes. So it's not just about being physically well. It's all in balance, really. And you're so right about balance because some of us put so much effort into one thing and then the other side drops off. You know, we put so much effort into maybe our physical appearance, our spiritual side suffers, our emotional side suffers. So you're right. Life is all about balance. So coming to skin, Monisha, tell me, is skin mainly genetic? Can we change the structure of the skin that we're born with? So this is a really interesting question because it's a very new topic. We get our sort of inherited DNA from our mothers, actually. And then, you know, we have about 60 to 85% of genetics that plays an important role in skin health. Yes, there is a genetic element to it. But that doesn't mean that you overlook the environmental side of it. So, you know, as you age, the genetics actually decrease it. That sort of aspect of genetics um, and influence decreases as well. So, you know, it's quite sort of strong when you're younger. And then, you know, as you get older, that effect is reduced, so to speak. There are lots of tests right now out in the market that can actually test for risk variants of certain skin health conditions. So for example, there's a risk variant to test for maybe pigmentation, which is a sign of aging, wrinkles, which is a sign of aging, um, how well you're absorbing nutrients as well. So yes, genetics does play a huge factor, but that doesn't mean that we can't do anything about it. Now you're a nutritionist by training, right? 
and what I see is a lot of people use a very external approach to skincare. So they feel if we use these certain creams, it's going to sort out our skin completely. So tell me, would you say that uh, nutrition plays an important role with skincare, one? And secondly, do you know, how does it play an important role? The reason why perhaps your skin is not performing to its maximum or perhaps it's not looking as great as it should or it's not feeling as good you know there's lots of reasons behind that so when you have lots of reasons you have to have a multifactorial approach as well so you look at nutrition you know your diet do you need specific nutrients for certain skin conditions so you know you have to look at what you're trying to achieve so if someone has acne or psoriasis or eczema they would be looking at nutrition from different perspectives. So diet is a really, really important factor. And I always say to my clients, it's best to start off with diet because that's in your hands and that's what you can change and that's in your control. Then you have lifestyle factors such as um, exercise, sleep, and even stress. Like stress mm -hmm. plays a really important role in skin. And that's very overlooked, in fact. Because, you know, sometimes people think that, you know, when their skin's not looking and feeling so great or they're suffering from a condition, they'll maybe run to the doctor, get antibiotics mm -hmm. or go to a dermatologist, which is very important as well. But then they're overlooking that actually it can really start with your diet, your lifestyle. So perhaps you're not sleeping enough, exercising. Mindfulness is a really important aspect of skincare as well to just help reduce that sort of stress levels that mm -hmm. constantly build up in, on a daily basis because modern lifestyle is such that you're in a chronic state, sort of hyperactivity. So yes, what yes. happens is sometimes that there's that sort of inflammation which is constant, even if it's a little bit, which can play havoc with your skin. Exercise, that's really important for blood circulation to deliver oxygen and nutrients to the skin. It promotes collagen production. Um, and the sweat glands actually live, that live in the dermis, actually help to clear out toxins. It's really important. Thinking of supplements, you know, someone might have a specific certain um, skin condition that they need to address, and then they would take certain supplements for those and i always mm -hmm. say that you know supplements are exactly what their name suggests it's to supplement the diet it's i wouldn't ever say to someone you know you have terrible skin or you know you mm -hmm. need help with your skin and please go and have xyz supplement i think it's you really fix those conditions through the diet first and then move on to supplements so it's very multifactorial so you're saying food exercise mindfulness all very important besides just putting on whatever outside. And you're also saying stress where a lot of us live in the fight or flight mode exactly. uh, can have a negative effect on the skin. Absolutely. And I think that's something that we're not really aware of because it's, you know, we're in that state all the time mm. and mm. always running from one activity to another. But I think if we slow down, that's when you increase self-awareness. And that's where you can actually start to notice not just your skin improving, but other health conditions as well. So that's really important. Now tell me, what foods would you recommend for great skin? So, you know, skin health is really dependent on the nutrients that it receives from the blood vessels in the dermis. So, you know, you have your epidermis, your dermis, and then you have uh, your hypodermis. So really those blood vessels are very important. So we need to be nourishing ourselves whole foods, which I think are really important. So whole foods, you know, having a natural diet that's not processed, that isn't high mm -hmm. in sugars, that we can make ourselves, that 
products easily accessible when i say easily accessible i don't mean processed foods that you know you can just sort of open from a packet and eat freshly prepared foods that you can make very easily keeping it simple with natural ingredients and what's really important is complex like fiber in the complex carbohydrates because that really helps to eliminate toxins from your body and decrease inflammation okay gut health is really really important because the microbes in our digestive system produce b vitamins which is essential for skin health it's really important to have complex carbohydrates like you know whole grains fruits whole fruits vegetables having them sort of you know if you can have raw vegetables so really having that variety of whole grains and then protein is really important as well so you know you need your amino acids to you know which which help to bring nourished collagen and elastin and they're the building blocks really of skin so there are certain um amino acids that are specific for certain skin conditions but you know if you're trying to have a complete protein for example you know those tend to be uh, more animal proteins sort of like chicken fish meat and if you're vegetarian or vegan then you would sort of combine your plant proteins so perhaps you would combine you know whole grain brown rice with beans and lentils legumes and sort of mix it in that way so there's lots of ways of getting a complete protein even from a vegetarian and vegan diet so that's really important to have good quality protein and then healthy fats as well because they support um collagen production so you know where proteins are the building blocks healthy fats actually help uh, with a healthy cell membrane so that's really important to give sort of skin uh, its structure and to keep it healthy so you know you need that for um the epidermal uh, sort of oil barrier on your skin essential fats really are essential to the body you obtain them from the diet and that's an oily fish such as mackerel herring tuna salmon and for vegans and vegetarians then you have essential fatty acids from uh nuts seeds there's lots of ways chia seeds so you don't need to sort of be running to a supplement or and i would say the processed foods have the complete opposite effect because you know they clog up the digestive system you can't absorb the nutrients as well they disrupt the digestive system and you know that can sort of have the opposite effect so basically you're saying healthy fats proteins carbs especially complex carbs make sure you eat fiber now tell me you find that you know as we age or even when you look at people who are young and teenagers their skin tends to be either dry or oily so what foods would you recommend for each of these dry skin so you have dry skin and you have dehydrated skin mm-hmm. and actually dry skin tends to be you know if you have a, a skin condition like perhaps eczema but with dehydrated skin that's perhaps you're not drinking enough water or you're sort of constantly exercising and your sweat glands are sort of you know you're perspiring so you you become dehydrated whereas dry skin is more that trans epidermal water losses um what you would do in a situation like that is actually a very similar diet of whole foods but antioxidants are great vitamin E from avocados nuts and seeds again for that essential fatty acid content um i think with dehydrated skin you would probably have sort of um lots of coconut water and really focus on the hydration so oily skin that's when you produce too much sebum and that could be genetic and it could also be uh diet related as well and you know there's a lot of um mixed reviews and lots of research out there but i think everything points to you know um perhaps dairy products that are, that are very high in hormones 
and sugar and refined carbohydrates. So, you know, the mechanism there is through insulin and that sort of plays havoc again with your skin. And the end okay. result is oily skin. And I think the skincare also would be very different for all three. You know, if, if you had dehydrated skin and mm -hmm. perhaps uh, dry skin, the skincare would be different, although you feel it's the same, you know, dehydrated skin, you would have perhaps more water-based skincare products. Okay. And for dry skin, perhaps more oil-based, and for oily skin, again, water-based. Well, you know when people get acne, so what I find is a lot of teenagers come with questions saying we have acne, but we have dry skin. So, I mean, what do you recommend for skin with acne, basically? So, you know, there's lots of reasons for that. And, you know, until you see someone's skin, it's hard to tell. And it could be that because, you know, they have the acne, they're using very harsh products. Mm -hmm. So they're sort of stripping um, their skin of natural oils. And, you know, again, that's sort of leading to this vicious cycle of producing too much sebum because, you know, the skin is trying to protect that sort of outer layer, that acid mantle and the epidermis. So I think until you really see someone, again, it would be focusing on whole foods. That's, it could be hormonal reasons, many different reasons. And what food would you recommend for anti-aging in general? Because I think it's never too early, no matter what age people are, to start on anti-aging. So anti-aging is really interesting, and, and that's what I like to focus on as well, because we're always looking for answers. Mm -hmm. The anti-aging market is absolutely huge. At the moment, it's worth $38 billion. That's amazing. And that's just products. That's not looking into aesthetics or anything else. That's just anti-aging products. I have details of a 15-year study and the results came out in 2021 and it showed that antioxidants can actually help in the diet can actually help with wrinkles and pigmentation so that's a very long study and then there was another another study um and this is a randomized control trial so so you know mm -hmm. you have like a certain group of people that were given women that were given almonds to eat for 24 weeks which is not a very long time mm -hmm. and you know, another group of women that didn't have anything. And the women that had the almonds as a snack showed sort of better skin health, less pigmentation. So, you know, you have a lot of evidence to suggest that um, antioxidants really help with skin aging. And they would obviously help with general skin health anyway, um, but in particular, anti-aging. This is Anshu Bahanda. You can find our podcast, Wellness Curated, on Apple, Spotify, and a host of other channels. What external skincare do you normally recommend that one combines with all the foods that you're recommending for different skin conditions? I think using sun protection is really, really important because 80% of our skin uh, is damaged at a very sort of young age, and, you know, by your 20s. Mm -hmm. UVAs can penetrate very deeply into that second layer, um, the dermis, and the UV rays can cause very long-term uh, damage. So, you know, it can lead to lines, wrinkles, um, you know, results in your skin feeling really leathery, and it can penetrate sort of the clouds, glass. So people don't realize actually that although they feel okay, it's winter, um, it's mm -hmm. dark day. I think sometimes we should think of it as day protection rather than sun protection. So it's daytime, you put on your sun protection and 
you know, then you have UVB rays that are, you know, you know, they damage that surface layer of the skin. So you have this double process. So I think it's really important to use sun protection on a daily basis. And I think the higher you go with your sun protection, not necessarily better, but that helps with the UVB. So, you know, as long as you're applying it every two to three hours, I mean, I think that's actually one of the most important skincare sort of routines that you can incorporate. You know how the whole world is going on about retinol at the moment. Give us your view on retinol. Are there people who should not use it? So I love retinol, actually, because I think it really helps with um, aging skin, acne, people who have got sort of uneven skin tone. Um, but what I think is it's very important to be mindful of the type of retinol that you're using because there's so many over-the-counter products. Um, I recently had a client that had bought retinol off the internet, which I thought was a really big no-no. I think you have to get it from, um, you know, a reputable pharmacy, perhaps even prescription retinol. In terms of who shouldn't use retinol, I think everyone can use retinol in small quantities, a small percentage. People who have open wounds, of course, you shouldn't. I think you can always consult with a dermatologist or, you know, if, if you feel that in special cases you might not be able to, but I think retinol is quite safe for most people, especially over the counter, you know, if they're over the age of 30, for example. And then if you ha need sort of a stronger prescription, then you would go to your doctor. The other thing about retinol, would you only use it at night? Definitely only at night. And I think if you're going to take retinol, what's really important also is to not just, again, that's something that you're doing externally, perhaps combining that with a diet that's high in sort of vitamin A and you know, foods that actually turn into retinol in, in the body. So you have that inside out approach. Mm -hmm. So foods, fruits and vegetables that are yellow and orange in color, like papayas, mangoes, the yellow and orange spectrum, orange bell peppers. So that really helps as well. So if you know that, you know, you perhaps need retinol or you're, you're going through that program of trying to improve your skin cell turnover, then having that combined diet a diet high in vitamin A and, you know, natural beta carotene is also very important. So, Monisha, I need to clarify one thing. You said, I mean, you confirmed that we should only use retinol at night because you also said increase your sun protection. If you're taking retinol, because it makes the skin more sensitive and easy to burn, I think you really have to be mindful. So don't go through a course of using retinol if you're about to go on holiday. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean, like, and you're going to be in the sun. Um, do it at a time when you know you're not going to be out in the sun for a few weeks, perhaps in the winter, but just be really mindful of adding that extra sort of few layers of sun protection every two to three hours. More than the quantity, it's, it's, you know, it's how often you're doing it, actually. So every two to three hours is ideal. So you're saying even if you used retinol at night, your skin is still sensitive during the day? Yes. So tell me, what is an absolute essential, you would say, when it comes to the skin? So I think hydration mm -hmm. is, you know, something that's um, very overlooked. You know, we will try to drink a lot of water. We know the importance, but that's actually really key for good skin health um, because it helps to improve, you know, um, blood flow to the skin. And sometimes, like you know, we all like to have a little bit of warm water in the evenings and Actually, that has a great um, effect on the skin because it helps the veins to expand and, you know, the blood flow can really get to the skin. So that's um, hydration is very, very important. 
And also, I think, you know, there was a recent study actually as well that showed that people who drink water and people who don't have so much uh, water on a daily basis, their microbiota levels are different in the digestive system. And this is fairly new evidence. It's, it's quite interesting because we always think about water as hydrating and clearing out toxins, but it does actually um, affect that microbiota balance in the digestive system as well. And I think sleep is really important. So, you know, both deep and REM sleep are very important for collagen production. You know, it helps with cell and tissue repair. And I think just, you know, you feel more relaxed, you're rested, and that helps to reduce your stress. Mm -hmm. Stress is a really, really big factor. You know, it, it can affect you through the gut brain, mm -hmm. uh, the gut skin axes, the brain skin axes. So people don't understand sometimes that actually as important as diet is and skincare is, being sort of calm and, you know, mindful and dealing with your stress. You know, we all have stress, but learning how mm -hmm. to sort of deal with that and perhaps you know learning a few te quick techniques um, would really help. I just need you to explain what microbiota was. We all have bacteria so this is the bacteria in our digestive system and you know we have so we have good bacteria and we have bad bacteria and you know the good bacteria is fed by is nourished so to speak by a good diet so you know having that good variety of, I always tell my clients, eat a rainbow of fruits and vegetables because having that balance and, and that variety of fruits and vegetables, different colors have different nutrients and that really feeds the good bacteria in your digestive system. And when you have processed foods, lots of sugar, and you know that can actually alter the it can encourage bad bacteria to grow. So you won't, you know, you'll be having digestive um, symptoms and you're, you know, bloating, you will be feeling unwell. So that actually affects your skin in turn again. So it's important to get that sort of to constantly feed and nourish your good bacteria. Please tell us the technique. I'm sure lots of people want to hear it. So it's actually a very simple technique. You breathe in for four seconds. Four, okay. And then you hold your breath for two seconds. And then you exhale for six seconds and you'll actually feel that you're sort of feeling a little bit more relaxed. So, you know, if you do this a couple of times every day, I think that can make a really, really big difference. And it'll show up on the skin, right? Absolutely. And I think, you know, the minute you just feel more relaxed, you look more relaxed, you're smiling. Um, that's releasing sort of endorphins, serotonin in the body. And that affects the skin as well. So, you know, it's, it's all... Like I said, it's a multifactorial approach to just yes. um, dealing with skin. Yes, absolutely. Now, tell me, Manisha, is there anything which you would say is an absolute no-no? So I think a big no-no is sugar. Oh, I was worried you'd say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sugar, um, refined carbohydrates, and, you know, foods that have been um, barbecued, um, heated to very high temperatures, because what happens is these foods... Uh, produces something called um, AGEs. And what that does actually, that sort of attaches to collagen, elastin, you know, it, it damages it, it destroys it, so it breaks the collagen down. That's the biggest aging food. Yes, yes. Uh, sugars, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So what we're looking to do is it nourish the body with whole foods, nutrients that are easily assimilated into the body. There's also a genetic test that can actually see if you have capacity 
to clear out those glycation and the AGEs from your from your skin. Mm-hmm. Skincare has become really advanced in many ways. It's not just about products that you can use or aesthetics. There's lots there on the market that if you really look into, you can improve your skin in skin health in a very natural way. And any tools, treatments or even tests that you would recommend, you know, to get glowing skin. One thing I do really love is micro needling because it helps to actually um create those little tears in your skin but in a controlled way so that when you heal you're increasing collagen production. I think face yoga and facial exercises are great to really get sort of that blood flow circulation that helps with the muscles. The face is usually divided into three sections. So if you're focusing on, you know, the orbital muscles, the nasal muscles, the mouth area, you know, then you can really get sort of a good glow from that. Face yoga is part of Ayurveda actually, part of yoga, some of the techniques. but in terms of how effective it is to change the structure of your face or to get rid of lines and wrinkles i'm really not sure there are some studies out there little evidence but you know that's growing as well you know i think also you have to be mindful because anyone who's had sort of aesthetic treatments they shouldn't really be doing face yoga or facial exercises because you know if you've had botox or fillers that can all migrate when you start sort of touching oh, your face. Oh, that's interesting. So this is for people who want to do it completely naturally as well. So you know there is a kriya I do with my pranayama just called kapol shakti vikasa. And I noticed I was getting some lines which have actually right. gone because of this. I mean I do it 3 times a week and I just think I mean to me pranayama and yoga is magic. Deep breathing is really part of you know all forms of yoga and there are 50 different facial muscles that we have that we we rarely use so when we start sort of exercising those muscles you do see a, a result but then they have to be very consistent and there was actually one study that showed that you have to be sort of doing facial exercise 20 to 30 minutes a day for at least 20 weeks before you can see any results so it's not wow. to say that it doesn't work but you know as with anything you have to be very consistent in what you're doing whatever you incorporate you should be able to maintain when you share any advice start slowly and, and not to be too hard on yourself and i think focus on the weakest link to sort of improving your skin health so for example if you know that you eat well you use good skin care but you don't exercise and perhaps you're not sleeping well then focus on the sleep and the exercise I think start off with that sort of baby steps each and everything that you do will have a positive impact and like I said it's a multifactorial approach um so just looking at it from a holistic perspective rather than oh it's just skin care it's just diet it's really everything together but I would say it starts off with diet it starts off with what you're putting inside your body and then what you're applying to your skin can you give us five pointers for drinking or eating healthy on a daily basis. So I think keeping a food diary is a brilliant way to start. I refuse clients who don't fill in a food diary because I can't monitor what they're eating and they can't really make the necessary changes either. And they're not sort of being mindful and aware of what they're eating. What happens is when you're noting things down, you actually pick up on habits that you didn't realize that you had. So you may, you know, you might be having a bar of chocolate every day after dinner not realizing that actually that bar of chocolate amounts to quite a lot of sugar by the end of the month 
so that you can start to um, cut down on that. So this is really for, it's for you really, it's to highlight to you where you need to work on. And then with that food diary, perhaps, you know, making sort of links to perhaps if you haven't slept well, or if you've eaten something and you've broken out in, into a rash, or, you know, making those links. To, I, I think that's a good place to start because you can make those links then. Do you want to talk about what fruits you would recommend? So antioxidant fruits, all sorts of fruits. And I would say stick to whole fruits and not sort of fruit juices because you're taking away the fiber and fiber is essential for the digestive system. Okay. Red fruits, pink fruits are very high in lycopene, which is really important. Uh, for skin health and getting that glow. Brightly colored fruits and vegetables. I think if you start off with that, then that's really important. If you're looking for specific nutrients like vitamin C, you know, that would be most fruits and vegetables, berries, oranges, you know, vitamin E, so the, the nuts, seeds, uh, chia seeds, they're brilliant for uh, nourishing that lipid layer on top of your skin. So to get that glow and to help with that cell membrane, vitamin D going into the sunshine a little bit. So it's, it's everything really. What about sugar substitutes, the natural ones like the stevias of the world? What is your view on that? Is that still harmful? I think so, you know, so for example, because what happens is your body is looking for that sugar. So you're almost sort of tricking your body into thinking you're not having sugar. So mm. ultimately it will search out Carb, high carbohydrate foods. I have a few clients that have diabetes and they'll have diet coke, but what they won't realize is that they'll get that sort of sugar craving and then they will reach out for something that's high carbohydrate or mm -hmm. high sugar at a, at a later during the day. So I think that it's really about try and stick to a natural diet and maybe have sugars from more natural sources like raisins and fruits. Going off wheat and rice and dairy, does that help? So dairy and refined carbohydrates are implicated in acne and very oily skin. But I would say I'm not a big fan of omitting any food groups. I think it's very, very important to have eat everything. So having those balanced, you know, whole grains, carbohydrates, proteins, fats. I think when someone talks about giving up rice, perhaps maybe the refined rice, like the white rice, whole grain rice. I mean, I have it every day and I think it's wonderful because it's, it's very satiating. It has selenium, which is an antioxidant, which is very brilliant for the skin. Fiber, it's very nutritious generally. So I would actually, I would discourage people from omitting food groups. I think it's important to have whole foods and not refined carbohydrates. Yeah. Wonderful. Manisha, that was such an interesting chat. Thank you so much. I think people are going to find it absolutely wonderful. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the Wellness Curated podcast. Please subscribe and tell your friends and family about it. And here's to you leading your best life.